Welcome to the Lucha Lounge Podcast. I am your host, Elijah Kang, a sound designer by day, but by night, I am a pro wrestling connoisseur, the proud owner of two cats, and the host of this, the Lucha Lounge Podcast. This podcast is all about giving uncommon people a platform to share their ideas and stories with all of you. So thanks for listening. Here we go. The guest on the 38th episode of the Lucha Lounge podcast is a singer-songwriter. We talk about her songwriting process, the jump from a quote-unquote safe profession to pursue her dream, and her insights into the unique lyrical content of her songs. She also performs live in studio. So without any further delay, please welcome my guest, one of my very favorite singer-songwriters from the DMV and a very intriguing personality, Brassy. Boom, and we're live with singer-songwriter Brassy. Welcome to the Lucha Lounge podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me here. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to gush a little bit because I'm a huge fan of your music. Um, I absolutely love everything you're putting out. Yeah, you're um, I'm just going to I'm just going to jump into it, man. Your um, lyricism and the wordplay that you use in your writing is very clever and it's very wordy, but not like in a negative way. Um, I talk a lot. And so, you know, people might think that I talk too much, but, you know, and wordy in that sense is a bad thing, right? But in a song, it's totally different. And your music has a lot of literal words in it, but um, the writing is so clever. So the question that I wanted to open up with, and I usually don't open up podcasts like this. You know, mm-hmm. we usually talk about the story and like, where, where'd you go to, you know, music school or whatever, like mm-hmm. things like that. But I just want to get this out of the way real quick, just for my own edification. Um where did you come up with your style of writing? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And I appreciate it, too, because I kind of pride myself on my songwriting um, and putting words together in that way. I, you know, I try to be clever and try to rhyme a lot because I just I think it sounds good. And I think it's maybe even more meaningful, like when you can make a line that's like it cl- it's clever and it all rhymes. It's like, oh, wow, it's like more impactful, maybe. Yeah. But I don't really know if I have an answer for your question <laughs> because I because um, I was actually thinking that you might ask that. And so leading up to this, I was thinking, like, how would I answer that? And I was thinking maybe who I'm inspired by lyrically. And I don't really know. You know, um, earlier you um, mentioned before we started that it was almost kind of like rap like there are a lot of words in some cases and it, it is kind of like rap but I I don't listen to a lot of rap or hip-hop I there are definitely songs that I really like and artists that I've heard from that I love but I've never like I, I couldn't really speak intelligently about the genre mm-hmm. I would like to say I'm inspired by it because they do like there's some artists that really are incredible lyricists but I just really couldn't tell you like right, right, right. who inspires me I I don't really know I think the words just sound good and they just sort of like flow out of me. <laughs> it's just you. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's the beauty of your writing because it is very honest. And we were talking a little bit about before, but like a lot of your songs are very personal. And so it kind of leans into the fact that you're not really drawing inspiration from anywhere else except for yourself. When it comes to the actual words, but songs are definitely inspired from certain things like... um 
Well, actually, one of the songs I'm going to play, Devil Makes Three, like the very beginning was inspired by a song that I was listening to. Hmm. Um, the It's a song. I don't actually even know what it's called, but it's by Rainbow Kitten Surprise. What? You haven't heard of Rainbow Kitten Surprise? No, no. Oh, my goodness. Great lyrics. Guy's got a great voice there. If if you like my stuff, I think maybe well, I don't want to compare myself to them. I don't want to draw yeah, that can, comparison hey, at hey, all. You can you can compare yourself to anyone. It's a safe space. Just inspired, inspired by one of their songs. Mm. And I kind of honestly kind of just stole almost the first line. It hmm. I have a song that starts like, How do you take someone? Should leave nothing for them on? And and then like I don't even know what the exact words are, but they start asking a question. That's how the song opens up. And then um, Devil, I just love that. I love how they just started asking a question and just like getting right into it. And I was like, I want to write a song that asks a question like that. And that's how Devil starts. And the the first line is like, how do you take those bones? And so yeah. I, <laughs> what, one of the things that I really appreciate about your your music is that you always include the lyrics with your videos mm -hmm. and i really appreciate that or with with your music because um a lot of times you know lyrics get overlooked in music um people are here to you know listen to great guitar playing or great vocals which you have but lyrics almost become secondary but the fact that you always share like your full lyrics to the song and i was like reading along as i'm i'm listening to the the tracks in in research for this podcast um yeah, I, I was reminded about how important that is because just hearing it isn't enough sometimes. Like you really need to read it to get the full impact. And um we'll get into we'll get into the songs later, but I guess we should rewind, right? Um tell me about how you got started in music. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you mean professionally or, or just, in general? Yeah, in general, in, in professionally, whatever, you know, it's an open-ended question. Okay. Um, so maybe kind of a long-winded answer then for you. All good. Um, I've always been into music. Uh, my parents were both musicians, are musicians, not professionally, but, you know, it was definitely in them. So I've been singing um, kind of my whole life, and I had always just wanted to be a singer because I loved it. Um, I actually, for career day and I think first grade, I dressed up in the sort of like Britney Spears inspired <laughs> like pop star outfit, cute, like yeah. a pink sequin top and like black tight <laughs> black leggings and a microphone. And I like, this is a very specific memory that I have. And my friend at the time, she was dressed as a doctor. And she came up to me and she was like, what are you supposed to be? And I was like, I'm a singer. And she's like, that's not a real job. Oh, how dare you? And I told her, I was like, well, it is. And I'm going to be one. And here you are. You are one. And here I am. Now I'm a, yeah, I'm a professional musician, I guess. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so like between first grade and now. Yeah. What? What was that journey like? So, over, so I wanted to be a musician, but kind of over time, I sort of became disillusioned with that idea. You know, it wasn't realistic. I, 
had to go to college and get a job or like a career Mm -hmm. with benefits, uh, (laughs) health insurance, dental, you know. (laughs) So I thought I was like, well, I don't want to totally sacrifice my my dream. So I'll I'll do something in music. So then it was my idea to kind of maybe do something behind the scenes. Um, I liked being creative. So I thought marketing, you know, I could, that's creative. So my whole plan was to like do marketing for music. Mm -hmm. I got a degree in marketing and throughout college, I did all the extracurriculars like for planning concerts and stuff. And I also did open mics on the side, you know, (laughs) like still singing and writing songs. Keeping it alive. Yeah. Yeah. And after school, I like started doing internships and I just like, I was I wasn't totally happy with it. I was it was like just skirting what I really wanted to do and I wasn't happy and it didn't feel right. And then one day I was finally like I shouldn't do this. You know, I should really I I'm not happy. I should really try like what I've always wanted to do and like the day I decided to like put music on social media and like start playing gigs, I was so happy and I've been like the happiest I've ever been like playing music. So Man, that's a beautiful story. Thank you. It is very, (laughs) yeah, man, it is, not everyone can do that. Not everyone can just give up a quote-unquote stable job with the benefits and the dental (laughs) and all of that stuff um, to pursue their dreams. Um, So it is very brave of you. I really commend it. Not everyone can do that, so. Thanks. It's definitely scary. I'm scared about it all the time, but I just push forward. (laughs) So for you, it's worth it. Yeah, it really is. I just I love doing it. I love writing songs and singing and performing. I get like a lot out of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's uh, it's very inspiring for sure. <laughs> so uh, we talked a little bit about the fact that you don't really have an like artist that you you know draw direct inspiration from, but there's got to be some artists that you kind of look to you know, that inspire you? Or do you just not look? No, I, I definitely draw inspiration from artists. I guess I was just struggling to answer your question yeah. about the the lyrics specifically because those are very personal. But um, for sounds, overall sounds and topics, yeah, like um, a huge inspiration like for the past couple of years uh, has been Shaky Graves. Hmm. Why does that sound so familiar? Oh, because you have to know Shaky Graves. I have to know Shaky Graves. <laughs> so tell me about the Shaky Graves. So he is kind of um, kind of like a folky country sort of artist. Um, his, the first thing I ever heard of him, it was just him performing. Uh, he was it was his live audio tree sessions and he he plays a guitar, he sings and then he has like a, a kick drum and a mm-hmm. kind of tambourine to like kick so he has like his like own on his percussion yeah, yeah on his feet and it was it was just him in the studio and I heard this song and I think I cried the first time I heard it and I was like Whoa. and it, it had been it was released years 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 prior to when I was finding it and I was like why haven't I heard this before and his songwriting is amazing like it's like he's telling you a story it's very it's it's all about storytelling I think for him Mm. and and the way he sings and plays the guitar it's like he feels every single note like you feel it with him and I love that I love the real emotion that you get out of his music and his songwriting and so I'm totally inspired by that and my EP coming out actually um is like 
basically it's inspired by his sound. Whoa. So, yeah. Man, so it's like a big inspiration for you right there. Yeah, definitely. Shaky graves. I got I got to look I got to look it up. Um but let's let's get back to your music, right? You have a very unique voice and one of the things that I really am drawn to as a producer, as a moonlighting engineer, are artists with very unique voices. Um, and yours is very unique. Uh, you you sing in a way that is, like your vocals, I have it written down, your vocals are very like smoky and husky, but you slur a lot of your words in like a very specific way. Is that intentional? Like, are you trying to like create this vibe or is this, that's just the way that you feel the music should sound? Um, I, I, it's the way I feel the music should sound, I guess. Um, there are songs, the songs that I'll sing later, probably they all have kind of a similar vocal styling, but Mm. a lot of times I try to change the vocal styling. Um, but that's not, but that's the wrong way to word it. I don't try. It's just, it's how the song should be sung. It's just like how it sounds. It's it's going to be, it's going to sound better if you do more of a, a chest voice or more of like an Amy Winehouse thing, or this one will sound better if it's like breathier and more head voice, you know, and it's not, I don't know if it's really a conscious decision. I just think it's um, how the song sounds best. So. Right. And you do have like multiple vocal tones too. Mm-hmm. Like you have that kind of like darker, smokier sound but then when you break into your higher register it is super super clean super pristine but then you have such such um good control over hitting those notes when you even go into like falsetto and stuff which you do a lot in your music um and which i'm a huge fan of because like let's be honest you don't sing very loudly Mm -hmm. And for for people that don't know, singing quietly is harder than belting something out. You have more control as you get louder, which is, you know, counterintuitive sometimes. Um, So when you're like um, in dinner time, when you break out into falsetto and it's it's so quiet. Like when I heard that for the first time, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like really special. Thanks. And I guess um, maybe how I sing, it's inspired by Shaky Graves, but also like um, Amy Winehouse and uh, Casey Crescenzo of The Deer Hunter, because like it's again, it's that emotion in the singing. It's not like it's not a conscious decision. It's just you you have to feel it. And I really try to like feel every word I sing. And because I think it's just you're going to connect better with people if you really feel what you're what you're sharing. Is that important for you as a songwriter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've uh, like always had trouble kind of connecting with people or even talking, like listening to myself on this podcast. I'm like, oh, my God, Jesus, like, <laughs> so, like stop talking. <laughs> but um, so I like kind of struggle to talk with people and connect with people on like the most basic level. And then when I started writing songs and performing them and people like I was getting kind of positive feedback, I was like, wow. I can connect with people like this and it's really important like to me and to the way I live. Yeah, man, it is, it is really important for, for creative people to have that outlet. I mean, without it, you kind of start to die a little (laughs) bit. And I've experienced that personally. Um, I mean, 
we were talking about this a little bit before, but like the reason why I started this podcast was because I started to feel like that. Start to lose touch with what makes you happy. And, you know, I think I think it is important to kind of cultivate that that side of you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, man, the stuff that you're saying is it is resonating with me a lot. Like everything you're saying is like, I, I also feel that way. That's good. Um, <laughs> I feel, just feel kind of stupid over here. just trying to like. No, man, you're, you're doing great. You're doing great. Okay. Um, so let's get into some songs, right? Yeah. Um, you have a song that we were talking about, Devil Makes Three. Mm-hmm. So tell me about this song. Yeah. Um, I wrote this song a few years ago and that first line was inspired by the Rainbow Kitten Surprise song. <laughs> I got to look into the Rainbow Kitten Surprise. <laughs> and I think I, um, I kind of wrote most of the song like in the shower. I think I write a lot of songs like at night, like in the shower when I don't have to be really focusing on anything and my sure. mind can kind of wander and do whatever. And um, this song is a kind of uh, ambiguous, I guess. It could mean different things to different people maybe at different stages in their life um but at its core i guess it's about um you struggling with another person or maybe with uh something inside yourself and um you know it looks like something good but maybe it's something bad in the end hmm. what's the what's the devil in the devil makes three in reference to so how do I explain this? It's kind of an abstract concept, I guess. Okay. But um, I, one way you could see the song, so maybe like a toxic relationship. So um, you, you have a relationship with someone, you love them, you desire them, but it's it's bad. It's bad for both of you. And then that's kind of where the, the devil fits in, mm. like as kind of that toxicity right right and that's why it's called devil makes three Three. so it's like it's the two of you and it should be working but it feels like maybe there's this like separate entity that's like tearing you up and i don't know it's kind of like an abstract sort of thing yeah man um (laughs) when i when i first heard this on your band camp uh i was really impressed with the guitar part the part with the slide into the harmonics Mm -hmm. and it's the whole song is like that Mm -hmm. and so when I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's such an interesting way to build the, I guess, for lack of better words, the backing for your lyrics. And when you sing on top of it, it's not actually coinciding note for note with what you're playing. It's it's what we call in music theory a counterpoint. Um oh. yeah. <laughs> and I thought I thought the way that the whole song is constructed in that way was. It was really masterfully done. I I love the song. The guitar part is nuts, but then your vocal is so complicated too and you're managing to do it live as well, which is a whole nother, you know, step up in regards to difficulty. Um but I guess I mean there's a bunch of stuff like I want to ask you about the syncopation in the bridge and stuff like that. But why don't we hear the song first? I mean, you're here to play music. So let's hear the song first and then and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. Okay. You've built it up a lot, so I'll do my best. <laughs> Shining, Cajun 
Yeah, man. And I say this all the time and I say that all the time, but that is a great song. I really like Devil Makes Three. Um, the falsetto parts really add everything to it. And especially when um, the the topic of the song is much darker and especially with the title with, you know, the imagery of the devil and toxic relationships, stuff like that. But when you break into falsetto, it's a huge contrast from what we're hearing um, lyrically. Do you, is that, and I know I kind of asked you this, but like, do you, do you do that on purpose or is that just, is that just not your natural instinct as a, as a songwriter? Um, I guess it's just natural. I don't really, cause I don't have an answer for you. I don't, I don't know how to answer it. Uh -huh. Um, 
And I also, I wrote the song, it was a while ago, so I can't, I'm in a very different place in my life. And sure. I can't really like go back into my head, like exactly what I was thinking then. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, if you don't know, then you don't know. I mean, like people who are listening to the song, your audience, um, myself included, right? We have the luxury of being able to pull up your lyrics online and then start analyzing <laughs> everything and like well look at the the vocal tone the syn the syncopation of your you know lyrics in the bridge is that is that a commentary on something <laughs> you know like we have that luxury because yeah. we don't know but sometimes a song is just a song right yeah i mean sometimes i like to be i mean i do like to try and be clever <laughs> you yeah. know i like things to mean something um but I I don't I just don't know maybe with this song um, I think I think I was trying to be like kind of edgy maybe with it sure I I don't know just maybe the the melodies is supposed to be kind of well it's gonna be on an EP um, and so uh, I've recorded other like musicians like mm -hmm. for like a backing band and mm -hmm. the way we've made it um the word that comes to mind is swampy mm, um that's a great word <laughs> yeah and so and i think the melody is kind of like that too like it's sort of i mean kind of lower and swampier and it's like i don't know like dirty almost it's like yeah and i feel like maybe that lends itself to the lyrics like because it is it's a dark song yeah. You know, um, and maybe those bits of falsetto are kind of like pieces of clarity because, like in the song, you're realizing that, like, oh, whatever I'm doing or whoever I'm with, it's like not great for me, but I keep going back to it. So maybe like the falsetto bits are like that; those moments of clarity, like self-realization. Yeah, but I don't really know. You know, when I write songs, I it's no, the, this is actually kind of relevant when I write songs sometimes it, there's not really a lot of conscious effort it's like sort of comes out and if i'm dealing with something usually the song is like my answer and i i will write the song and then i will like go through the song and i'll be like oh my god like this thing makes sense now or i totally understand this or now i have closure and it's like it comes from the song so it's like there's like a different part of my brain <laughs> that, is, that just like comes out with it and it just helps me get through stuff that's amazing first of all but it is also very common among songwriters i had a singer songwriter named alex purdy and she says songs are therapy for her oh yeah and so like the cathartic release that you feel when you perform or when you get done toiling over lyrics and stuff like that, it is really, she was saying that it is just like you were saying, almost exactly like it's a response to what I'm going through in life. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone thinks like that, but it is pretty common. Um, another one of my favorite singer songwriters from this area, a buddy of mine named uh, Anthony Dante, he said his songs are uh, like snapshots of his life. And like you, it reminded me of that because you were you were talking about how I don't really remember like what I was going through at that time because it was you know several years ago, but this song is like a snapshot of what you were going through, mm -hmm. and it is it is very interesting how songs are like that. Mm -hmm. It's like a 
it's like a benchmark in your life, kind of. It's interesting that you mentioned that, though, because um, even though I wrote this song a few years ago, it's still kind of one of my favorites, and it's because I'm, it's always relevant, or I'm, I'm always finding it to be relevant. Like just this morning, like. I got into a fight with somebody and then I started singing that song on the way over here, one to practice. But then I was listening to the lyrics again and I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense for what I'm going through now. And it, it like the meaning almost changed, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's still relevant, but it, it changes. Right. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting realization I had this morning. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it is, it is, it is really like that. Because you think it's just for that time, that moment. Mm-hmm. But now years later, it has almost evolved in its meaning for you as the writer. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. Um, yeah, man. I'm a big fan of this song. Um, Thank you. The, your delivery, I keep mentioning it. Like the way that you like slur your words together and your delivery, I think is so cool. Some other producers that that I know may knock you for the, what's the word? illegibility of the lyrics because it is kind of hard to understand Mm -hmm. what you're saying sometimes but i think again with the darkness of the song i think it really leans into it and i'm a fan man i like that reminds me of uh another singer songwriter called kate vargas but we'll we'll talk about that later um (laughs) or maybe not even at all um but yeah i'm i'm a big fan of the song um thank you so much for sure um another song that you have on your youtube is called dinner time Mm-hmm. And uh, you recorded this, uh, we were talking at the Line Hotel in L.A. Mm-hmm. after a haircut. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us the story about that. So this is this is kind of funny how this all happened. Um, my friend uh, lives in L.A. Um, and, well, we're very close. And I was sort of talking about how I'd never had a good haircut before. And I just dread haircuts. You know, my hair is very long and uh-huh. big. And so I just... I kind of just avoid them. And, you know, I usually go for that like $12 haircut at some place and it's always bad. And so he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to like set you up. I'm going to get you a nice haircut. And so we're on the phone with his buddy who like knows someone in a salon. And, um, all in the span of this one phone call, like the haircut turns into a video <laughs> and it starts like, yeah, like so she could see this guy and he, you know, he cut her hair. And then, you know, it's like right next to um, the studio. Um, she should just get headshots taken. Right. I mean, like right after, you know, if you want to do that and like just do like a photo shoot and then maybe like she sings. Right. So like, yeah, then let's uh, let's put a song together and that's when my friend or that's when I chimed in I was like you know I do want to record something for the tiny desk and they're like yeah that's great let's right. make a video and so like all within five minutes like that's crazy <laughs> went from my haircut wait to a time video. out so are are your friends like uh like Connected? in the pro- yeah like production <laughs> world or I mean like how they manifest this in such a short time yeah um they're all very create creative types and they all hustle you know they they do their art and they do a lot of things and my friend um who really knows all these people and connected me with them in the first place like he works in um in the car business like in the hollywood car business and so he has a lot of connections with people like in the kind of artistic side of the industry and um you know his his friends they're all just happy creative people like they want to create something Mm -hmm. um they want to come together they want to make this happen because like it just 
I don't know, it's a great thing yeah, um, to create. And so we all got together and we made it happen and it was an amazing experience. Yeah, it, and, the, and the video turned out great. Like, oh yeah um that was joshua michael shelton he um he did some photography for me he did all the headshots and stuff and then the he, aforementioned headshots yeah on the, day of. <laughs> on the day of yeah and then he like just got this new kind of i don't even know what it what it's called it's like a zoom cam or something and uh, so I he no i i really don't know but yeah. he was like yeah let's use it out let's record this and um nico danielle i think her name i'm sorry that's like your instagram handle you're lovely and she did my makeup and like styled my hair and mm -hmm. like anna moore she's an actress there and she like helped me get dressed and it was like this all these team of yeah, people man. just like creating the most awesome thing and and anton um like her partner was a big help in all of it too and of course my friend eric right. so it was just like this whole team of people and like this guy mike came in and did sound and he like works for bose and it was just like oh, nice. crazy um, I wanted to make sure I like thanked everyone. Thank you, everybody. Who yeah, was a I part mean, of that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it's a it's a great thing. Um, but for me, the best part of it was that it was live. Oh yeah. And it was one take. There's no edits. There's no cutaways. There's no secrets. It's how you perform the song in that video. It's it's like a direct representation of how you would play that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because the song. Um, Again, a big fan, but it is very, like we we're talking about, it's wordy. There's a lot of words in mm -hmm. it. Um, but yeah, man, very well performed too. And one of the things that I want to mention about the performance in the video was that you ended it with like this kind of like sigh of relief. <laughs> I don't know. Was that was that planned? Is that Was that like a production note? You're like, make sure you end with this kind of a sigh and then look <laughs> off into the upper <laughs> It was just a thing. The sigh was not a production note. Um, I think maybe it was just like, it was one take, but I will be honest, it was not the first take. Sure. <laughs> so I think maybe I just like felt really good that I got it all out and, and it just felt good. And maybe mm -hmm. I just sighed. Um, but there was a production note at the end because I have a tendency to close my eyes while I sing. Sure. And so I think during almost the whole video, my eyes are closed. But, <laughs> then, but then everyone who was watching, they're like, you have to open your eyes at some point and look at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> And that's so, so that's awful, why though. at the end I do that. Like, maybe that's what the sigh was from. Maybe it was like, oh, now I have, I have to, to look at it. the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, I hate, I hate taking pictures in general. Mm -hmm, me too. And then like people come, you know, to the positive. It's like, oh, let's take pictures. I'm like, uh, please, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it is for people that don't you know, like to be in front of camera, that is an awkward experience for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tell, me, like, um, tell me about the photo shoot. Jeez. <laughs> we don't have to get into that, but that was rough. <laughs> yeah, well, like, that that brings up another part of being a, you know, quote-unquote artist. Mm -hmm. That's part of it, man. Taking photos, your presence on social media oh, yeah. is a huge part of it. And so, like, is that like a struggle for you? Oh, 100%. It is a struggle for me. It's probably part of the reason why I delayed um, kind of even pursuing this career at all, you know, because I really started 
really getting into writing songs, um, like in college and singing and performing then. And, you know, people were always like, put like, where are you online? Like, do you put stuff on online? And I was like, no. And I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I could not convince myself to make social media pages because like, I hated that whole idea of self-promotion and branding myself and putting pictures of myself out there I didn't I mean I had I had always had the personal like Facebook account but I didn't really do much on it you sure. know past the cringy like 14 year old like at the mall right with my friends <laughs> smiley face you know like once I got past that I was totally over yeah. social media and sharing things about myself and so it was super super hard to start that and yeah. you know I was like I was 17, 18 when I really started like writing and singing and I was what, like 22 when I finally decided to put something online. So there right. was like quite a gap. Yeah, man. <laughs> it is, uh, it is the part that I like the least about doing anything creative, the promotion. Yeah. But it is so important. It's less important for me. It's much more important for you and people that are, you know, pursuing a a career as a singer songwriter because you need to you need to be able to put a face to a song Mm -hmm. and a face to a name and um yeah man i personally i think it's i I think what you're putting out there is great um the video looked great and you know the hair is huge but you know (laughs) like my friend tyne says bigger the hair closer to god (laughs) I don't know if that's appropriate right now, but uh, either way, um, I have religious themes in my. Yeah, we just played yeah, devil. Yeah, that's true. Fake three. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, big fan of the song "Dinner Time." So I guess I guess we should hear it. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Dinner time tonight. It's hard to swallow chicken stuff. I who try. But the friggin' birds dry Flying so bitter they just use the rind Yeah, and that's the third time this week You made my favorite taste burned in bleak Let's face it, it's not whether you based it Maybe you just waste it when you say through your teeth What kills me, I love you, but I love you, but White and a dime tonight It's a decent piece of meat with a side Of lolly seasoned greens that we don't eat We decide to fight your roast me Beside the beef that we made today In the heat of complaints Let's face it, we never get to taste it Maybe cause you waste it when you say Through your teeth what kills me I love you but I love you, but But why didn't I tonight? No food to chew you out over just wine Who knew that we were loud, sober, but fine Been salty, but sauce, we cross lines I start smashing plates My heart smash a paste Red faces screaming that we hate this Lead us to our places when you say through your teeth What kills me, I love you, but I love you, but But why didn't I 
tonight I a fear of loss of appetite I find the table's clearing all the lights on dawn It hits me that you just might be gone I fall to the floor all crumpled and torn Like an afghan headed for the trash bin That's when I hear you walk back in the door And I'm so sorry I'm so It's just something like we find in the pantry that's been there this whole time Something we can share that feels right The table is set, I'm able to lay a face me Reach out and embrace me, maybe even save me when you say so clearly what fills me I love you cause I love you cause that's just I really like the imagery with the words and it is no pun intended, you are setting the table <laughs> with this food imagery to set up, a, you know, Inception style, another layer of storytelling. So mm-hmm. um, where'd you get the idea for this? So it's kind of funny. Um, I dreamt the first verse and woke up in the middle of the night and wrote it down. That's crazy. It it was so weird. Um, maybe not the first verse, but the first line, like some dinner time tonight. It's hard to swallow chicken stir yeah, fry. Yeah. You try, but the freaking birds dry. And for some reason, like it's such a weird, it's like a bizarre line. Like who writes about chicken stir fry? It's kind of a weird thing to put in a song, but right. I, I loved it. I like loved that idea. And I woke up at like, I don't know, like three in the morning. I was like, I have to write this down before I lose it. And I think it might have actually been after my mom like made dinner that night. It might have actually been huh. chicken stir fry. But that's how I got the idea. That's that's amazing. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> well, it's not weird because, like, I mean, as a as a singer songwriter, you gotta you gotta find the gold where you can, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever inspiration strikes, you gotta put that you know pen to the page for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you find yourself you know scrambling for? you know, a pencil or a pen when, when inspiration strikes you? Yeah. Um, I've actually, I feel like I've had a few lost songs, um, from being asleep because like actually even recently I was like, like my, the dream was writing a song. Like I was like sitting down and writing a song in my dream. And then I woke up and I, I lost it. 
Mm. And it might not have been any good at all, you know, right. you, you never know. But I definitely feel those moments um, or like when I'm driving and I'll come up with something and I'm just waiting to stop the car so that I can like put it in my notes, like in my phone so I don't lose it. Do you do a lot of voice memos and stuff like that? Do I do. You, like, sing melodies? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A ton. I did it. I did some at work the other day. <laughs> like I was just sitting in the office and I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this right now or it's going to be gone forever. And then you're just like, nah, 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 nah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of people that have come to, through here, tell me that the phone has really changed the way we've uh, mm -hmm. we we come across songs. Like when I wanted to record something, that technology just wasn't there. You know, I don't I don't want to assume how old you are, but back in my day, we had this nasty four track recorder that we had to set up and plug into with mics and stuff like that, and every everything good. Okay, record and it would record to cassette or like a um, some sort of a tape. And that was the only way to do it uh, outside of going into a studio. And um, now, you know, you can do it on your tablet, on your yeah. laptop, on your phone. And it really has like technology has really changed the way songwriting happens, especially with the ideas, because it's instant. You don't yeah. need to set anything up. You just click it and go. Definitely. Um, so what is this song about? So it's not about anything specific. Like it's not about a specific thing that happened um but all of the the emotions there are definitely real um and I think this is another song that sort of you know it sort of wrote itself and I wasn't really sure where it was going to end up you know I th I um guess I, I took inspiration from some relationships in my life that um that I love like these are people that I love but there you have issues you know there are problems like it's not always perfect and but I didn't know how I wanted to end it I almost thought like it was gonna end where they leave each other and mm -hmm. it was gonna be hopeless but it didn't it didn't turn into that like it ended it ends on a very hopeful note yeah because they come back because they come back and um it's I guess it's just about really well it's funny it's I want to say making the effort um, for the people you love, but that's not actually true if you really listen to the song either. Because right. it's like, you know, the first couple verses, it's like you're putting all this effort in to like make a great dinner and it just all falls apart. And I, I feel like maybe, but then at the end, you know, you pull something out of the pantry that you don't have to put any effort into right. at all. And it's like the best relationship is the one that's the most effortless. Huh. Um, but, and that's honestly something I didn't even think about until today. <laughs> like I'm always kind of finding like more new things <laughs> in my songs. Yeah, man. That's, that's so interesting. <laughs> it really isn't. No one, no one has ever said that. No one has ever said that in here, at least. Yeah. I, I find that to be super intriguing. Me too. Uh, <laughs> but that's cool, man. I mean, that's like the beauty of songwriting, right? It's mm -hmm. just. The way that you look at something one day or hear something one day is not the same that you, you know, see it, you know, the next day or a mm -hmm. month from now or a year from now. Um, I do like the wordplay in this. And we we're talking about this earlier, but like your rhyme schemes and your delivery in this song is it reminds me of Jason Mraz in the way that he delivers a lot of his songs because he's also very wordy and mm -hmm. his delivery is almost rap-like too. Um, it is super cool, man, because, uh, you know, don't really hear too much of that 
a lot of singer songwriters you you see uh for for a lack of better descriptors a lady with an acoustic guitar your mind already starts to think of oh she's going to sing some passionate you know love song yeah. or like it's going to be very heartwarming a or, ballad. or or a ballad or something like that but you're coming in with like a completely different feel like the delivery this song one of the things i really wanted to mention is that the 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 topic that you're talking about these tough relationships is very you know on the darker side of mm. of topics but the way that you deliver the lyrics is very um almost like playful mm-hmm. and i thought that the contrast between that really lends itself to the song Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on in the song. It's yeah. supposed to sort of make you go like back and forth and like, oh, this is playful, this is funny. Oh, wait, this is sad. Yeah. This is dark and it is it's supposed it's supposed to almost make you feel like a little uncomfortable. Like I've had some people tell me they're like, I th- I thought this was really funny, but then I was like, ow, I I didn't realize it was going to hit me so hard and right. I kind of like that. I like kind of like pulling people like in different directions kind of in one song. You're like the puppet master. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and like some of the words I use to describe the dinner there um it it's deliberate like you know the lime is bitter yeah. or you made beef like beef is in food but also like beef that you have with someone. Yeah. You know and um and I think how I wrote it is just like it's almost I it's like a structure. It's like the more rhyming I can put in like I I write to the rhyme structure and I write to like the words with double meanings mm-hmm. and um it, it was a really fun song to write I know it's like dark and kind of sad but it was also like very fun to just put all those words together Yeah it must not have been that easy either because like the way that the the lines are crafted like each each line sometimes has like double entendres built into the line itself mm-hmm. plus your your in this theme of the kitchen and of food and cooking yeah man i i'm a real big fan of this this song thank um, you yeah and also the bridge the way that you change time signatures oh yeah yeah and that's uh that's a real real uh, departure from what we think of as singer songwriter you know style of music i mean it's not folky to do that it's it, it was It was super cool, man. I I really thought that was intriguing. Um is this song going to be on the EP as well? Dinner Time is not going to be on the EP. I definitely I picked more of my more kind of folky songs, I mm-hmm. guess, for this EP. Um but don't worry because the EP should hopefully be the first of many recordings. I hope so, man, because <laughs> yeah, man, I'm a big fan, like I said. Um another song you have is called The Red X Club. Mm-hmm. X with an x. Yeah, the letter. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit before, but this is the first song that you wrote that you felt like I could do this. Yeah, definitely. So I I mean the first song I ever wrote, I was probably like three years old, like just twirling around in the yard <laughs> like singing about flowers. Yeah. Um and I wrote some songs in elementary school about Halloween cuz I like loved Halloween. And then Wait, time out. So Wait. you were writing songs? <laughs> in elementary school? Um not frequently. Um That's but crazy. there is like this one song that I still remember. It is called like There's a Monster in the House. 
and I like just wrote this whole song like about like Halloween themed. I was, <laughs> was like maybe seven or eight when I wrote it. That's crazy. <laughs> Not many people can say that. Um. Yeah. Actually, that was a cool song. I'll have to find. I'll have Bring to find it, it back. <laughs> but um, and then I I wrote a lot of songs in co- or sorry in high school. Mm-hmm. They're all very very angsty, angsty yep. so angsty. And no it was one like, understands me. <laughs> very like meaningless angst because I had nothing to be angsty about. <laughs> like, <laughs> um. It's that funny, like in high school, I actually wrote this one song that was basically like, I'm so tired of not experiencing anything. And that's why my <laughs> that's why my songs suck. Like, I just want to go out and experience something so I can write a good song. And then, like, there's a song about that. <laughs> so first world songwriter <laughs> problems right there. I don't have a hard enough life so that I can write the songs that I want to write. Well, be careful what you ask for. Yeah. So yeah. then um, I went to I went to college and like I think I wrote Red X Club within the first month of mm. being there. And because all of a sudden I'm like experiencing a ton of things all at once. It was all just new stuff. All yeah. new stuff, all new people, all new experiences. And the first song I wrote was Red X Club. And it was the very first song that I thought that wow, I, I like this. I would share this with pe- with people. I would like sing this for people. Like I, I was really proud of that song. And what's crazy is, you know, I, I've written a lot of songs since then. A lot of the one, a lot of songs that I've performed that I stopped performing, you know, I've sort of retired them. Maybe I'll bring them back. But Red X Club has um, remained and it's still one of my favorite songs. Mm. And I still kind of try and write um, with Red X Club in mind because it has like those rhyme schemes and like every line is like pretty powerful right. to me, I think. And so, yeah. So this is this is like the OG song, OG Brassy song right here. The OG Brassy <laughs> song. So let's hear it. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Just one becomes just one more than the last one A fast one got your pin to the floor Eyes up, lost time, recover, repeat And you're stepping and tripping until you can't find your feet again Strips are more than just clothes Skirts on, knees gone, but you're completely exposed And it's cold, alone in your head Pacing and racing, other things that they say But you smile, they enjoy their games Joking, joking, we are just wasting away your love Long after the sun, sunken eyes, marked hands Welcome to the Red Eggs Club Welcome to the Red X Club Another night and then hands out You take what you need You slipping and gripping the thought that nothing is free And then silence as it all sinks And the only noise in the poison anticipation Wait, hey, hey, we your head held low Stand down, you to put on a show It's dark in the hole that you dug 
It's lonely, you've only you could pull yourself up. Toss it back, light it up, yeah, you done it again. Barely breathing, can't even make it up to your bed. Up long after the sun, sunken eyes, marked hands. Welcome to the Red X Club. Welcome to the Red X Club Wake up and the only thing clear is you choose the bruises that you see in the mirror Wash away any memories spending hours in the shower but you never feel clean you never feel clean all up long after the sun sunken eyes marked ends welcome to the red axe Welcome to the Red X Club. The first song, but it's also another great song, man. Red X Club is, uh, yeah, man. Again, with the powerful lyrics in each line, like you were talking about, you really like, it's not really apparent to what you're talking about, but yeah, it is really impacting. And, and just the, just the image of what I, what I think the red X club means. And like, I, I'm seeing like, like a literal red X, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's super cool. It's actually really funny that you say that mm. because the idea um, comes from a literal red X. Really? Yeah. It was, um, it was a Sunday morning. Like we, my friends at the time and I were um, out getting food for breakfast and we're all like pretty groggy, bleary eyed, you know, maybe hungover, yeah, still yeah. drunk a little oh from the previous God. night. It was, and the previous night, it, you know, we had gone out to some party and it was, you know, it was a wild night. <laughs> I won't go into too yeah, much detail. <laughs> but um, the guys at the door, they were uh, marking people's hands uh, coming in and I they put a red X on people's hands. Oh. And so at breakfast the next morning, um, we still had the red X's on. And I saw some other people walk by that we didn't know that also had the red X's. And I just remember seeing that. And it's like, we didn't know each other, but it it felt like we were part of some secret club. club. Gotcha. Because, you know, no, if you weren't there, you don't know what it's from. Because it, it was sort of like a bizarre mark. Because typic typically you don't get marked hands when you go to a house party. Or, yeah, you get a bracelet or something or you get, like that. Or you'll get a bracelet or you'll get like a black X. But the red X was just so kind of specific. Yeah. And that I, I got the idea and I wrote the song. That's so <laughs> crazy, man. Like, you, you find inspiration from like uh like i feel like it's like a solitary moment or like a snapshot and then you extrapolate it into a song that's super cool the way that you do that like it's like a simple thing like you seeing these red x's on people's hands and then all of a sudden it turns into a full-fledged song thanks yeah i take actually a lot of inspiration from just literal things and i'll start writing a song in a literal sense and then it sort of it transforms into something that's figurative mm. and more meaningful yeah, man. So tell me a little bit about the EP, the Airstream EP. You're working on it now. 
when can we expect it? Yeah, um, so I've got uh, the instrumentation pretty much done. Um, it was supposed to be done already. <laughs> it's always like that, um, man. <laughs> yeah, I did, ran into a, a little bit of health trouble with my voice. So, mm. I, um, you know, we were supposed to do the the backing instrumentation and then I was supposed to sing the next day, but I couldn't because um, I was sick. So we had to push that back push it back push it back again sure. so now it's pushed back to september okay so fingers crossed if all goes well um i should be singing in september and hopefully um the ep should be out i want it to be out in october okay i know it's kind of fast tracking it but um i really think we'll see it in the fall Hmm. Um, and I'm really excited. I, I'm really, really excited about it. It sounds great. There are incredibly talented musicians working on it. Awesome. Um, and I, and Devil Makes Three is, is going to be on it. And I guess I can tell you the other, the other songs. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Four, four songs and it'll be, yeah, Devil Makes Three, uh, my song Venice, Should Have Warned Ya, and Tomb. Oh, Tomb is one that I haven't heard, but... We'll wait for the EP for that. Yeah. I really do like Should Have Warned You. Next time you come back, you got to play that song. That's like one of my favorites because... It's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm from California. So like hearing all the imagery from my home state, I, I, I got a little nostalgic <laughs> hearing it. So um, for next time, for sure. Because um, you're definitely coming back, man. This is a, this I, is a great... I would love to. Yeah. I'd love to talk about more songs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um yeah, we've been talking for a minute. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or cover or anything at all? Um, nothing really that I can think of. Just, I don't know. I'm really happy to be here in uh, in D.C. in the DMV mm. um, making music. You know, people are surprised by the, by the music here and by the talent here. And I'm um, just like, I'm so happy to be here making music, talking to you. It's been great. Yeah, man. I Just from me. <laughs> This has been a really great conversation. Um, I'm a really big fan of your music and I'm not using that, you know, kind of loosely. I really do like it. I really love your lyrics. I love the stories behind your songs now that I've had a chance to talk to you for a little bit. Um, I can't wait for the Airstream EP. I can't wait for all your new music to come out. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming by the podcast. This has been an absolute honor, absolute pleasure. Um, brassy ladies and gentlemen and there you have it the 38th episode of the lucha lounge podcast is in the books it was such a pleasure talking to brassy and hearing her music and i can't wait to have her back in studio again if you'd like to catch up with her and see what she's up to check her out on instagram at rachel brassy that's r-a-c-h-e-l-b-r-a-s-s-i-e also be on the lookout for her upcoming ep the airstream ep this thursday november 14th there are only two more episodes before I close out the first season of the Lucha Lounge podcast, but I'll be back with more conversations with uncommon people before you know it. I'll also have a great gift for everybody that tunes into the podcast around holiday season, so stay tuned for that. Well, that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.